0: and you love me for who I am, and you're not trying to make me be somebody that I'm not because I can tell you I can't be. But my life uh, was wonderful up until that point. But I want to tell you, young women of God, that people called me and said, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And I was like, please, I'm fine. People get divorced, and it's all good. And y'all, even in the midst of my sin, I still went to church because I knew I had to go to church. But uh, everything in the world bad started happening to Pastor and I. And, and I mean, Harold got a phone call, The 99% sure you have cancer financially. I mean, if it was bad, it could happen. And I had to go back to work. And when I went to work, I realized there was a whole different life out there. And there was people that were having fun. There was people that was drinking. And there were people that were dancing. And there were people that were flirting. It was a lot of fun. And I realized that was something I wanted so desperately. And I want to tell you all. When I accepted Christ when I was eight years old, I bawled like a baby, like I, had cried, like I was the biggest sinner of all. I cried and cried and cried. But I didn't see my sin. I didn't see my betrayal. I didn't know my destiny in Christ was this. I had no idea. I didn't know I was going to meet young women and older women, that their lives were going to be transformed by an almighty God. And uh, by the grace of God, we got back together, guys. By the grace of God and we've been married 40 years and so all the songs all the dreams of ministry y'all were just trying to put our life back together and we did but we still love the Lord and so we begin to heal and we still worked in the church y'all we love to work in the church it's what we did Uh, we did everything and um, people were I mean I want to tell you one thing we could do is lead people to the Lord We couldn't help them get delivered, really, because we really, at that time in the church, you didn't know people had problems, right, Darlene? I mean, how are you doing today? Fine. How are you doing? I'm great. Fantastic. It's all good. And so now I'm so glad that the body of Christ is actually sharing their sorrows because that's how we get healed. And I want to tell you, I was thinking of a scripture uh, that I believe that's what we're doing from James five sixteen that says, "Confess your sins one to another that you may be made whole. Not that we would be healed, but that we may be made whole in the name of Jesus." So that's what we're doing today and that's what this body is totally equipped to help you do but at the age of 47 uh i got baptized in the holy spirit and i got surrounded in his love and i looked at my husband and i said i don't want to meet god someday not doing what he called and purposed in our hearts to do but you have to understand back then ladies the men did the ministry and the women came alongside So it really was Harold's ministry more than my ministry. I didn't know about the prophetic. I didn't know about a calling on anyone's life. And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all that became available. And uh, since that time, it's been so incredible because we have seen people healed. We've seen cancer bow to the name of Jesus. We've seen people's lives totally transformed. And I want you to know that in this body, we had a desire to see people saved and healed and delivered in the name of Jesus, that they wouldn't come in and be in their sorrow. That there is a time for mourning, but that what the beauty would turn the ashes would turn to beauty in the name of Jesus. And we didn't have to stay like we were, because y'all, like I said, everyone has a story. Everyone has the pain and sorrow, and every the enemy hides in pain. And that's why we speak about the things that have happened to us. And it's so refreshing and so renewal. I mean, Francis, I never would have known you. You would have never been my prayer warrior. And Jesse, I never would have known you. All you women, I never would have known you. But I didn't realize I had a call and a destiny in my life. But you do too. You do too. I forgot to say something that at the age of 30, uh, Harold and I were baptized together in the same church that I had accepted Christ in. And I thought maybe all those tears that I cried for when I was eight, maybe it was for 22 years later. But ladies, I want you to know something. When Harold and I separated and we got back together, I repented. I mean, I cried for three days. I saw my sin. I saw my disobedience and I saw my rebellion and I wept before the Lord. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit is within us that accepted Christ. And he who started a good work in us, it's his job to complete it. Y'all, my mom's, one of her favorite scriptures is from Psalms 139. And she reads it every day. And Chloe and Billy and I, we live by this. And it starts out by saying... He knows us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. But he knows when we rise and he knows when he walks. But this is the part that amazes me that he says in his word that he knew every day of our life before we'd ever lived one. Now think about that. He knew every day of our life before we'd ever lived one. So in the midst of our rebellion and our sin, Jeffy, one day he knew you were going to be set free in the name of Jesus. And so the times of our disobedience and our sorrow—they're for a season; they're just for a season. So I want to bless y'all today to walk in kingdom power. I want to tell you something—the scripture that just blew me away. One was from uh, Romans, uh, good grief, uh, eight fourteen, that says, "Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they should be called the sons, and I like to say, daughters of God." But I had a revelation when I was 30 years old. I've been led by my own spirit. I've been led by my own spirit, not by the spirit of God. But, y'all, the Holy Spirit is magnificent. He can do in our lives exceedingly abundantly more than we can think or imagine. And I can tell you, I didn't think of this. I didn't imagine this. But at the age of 47, when we went to the ministry, we had a desire to see people of all ethnic, social backgrounds that we would come together in our sin and our sorrow and we'd be healed and worship the lord and i can tell you this is a house of worship if you don't like worship you won't stay at this church because we have an hour every sunday morning at least of worship if you walk in pride you won't stay at this church because guys it's not about us it is not about me and harold we are not building our kingdom if you want to build your own kingdom, you're going to have to go somewhere else to do it because you're really not going to be able to do it here. But I just bless y'all today to walk in your destiny and to remember this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible says that in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And I want to tell you, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I got an impartation of faith. And to believe that God could, do, he could heal the sick. And y'all, I prayed for the sick, but I've never seen anybody healed. It's beautiful when we live our life for Christ and let go and let him be God. The song that I want to play today, it's an old song. I'm sure you've never heard of it. Uh, but it, the name of it is When It's All Been Said and Done. And the very last Sunday, we were at uh, Glen Meadows Baptist Church. Harold sang this. And he said, Honey, if the Lord tarries and you, I die before you, I want this song played at my funeral because it is about what we do for him. And so once as I was powerless and conformed to this world, now I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind and I'm advancing his kingdom.
1: And pure as gold and my clay, Making sinners into sin and I will always sing your praise Here on earth and ever after For you've shown me heaven's my true home. When it's all been said and done You are my life when life is done When it's all been said It's just one
2: thing.
0: From Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. God, I thank you that your prophet Isaiah spoke that. And I thank you that Jesus fulfilled it. And he said, I am he that is called to do this. And Lord, I thank you that we're your servants, God that you've called us to do the same. So, Father, today I pray for an empowering of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I release an impartation of faith upon this body of women, God, that will see ourselves as you do. God, in Jesus' mighty name, bring your healing so we may be about your business. In the name of Jesus, amen.
3: Please welcome Ida Hicks.
2: <sighs>
4: I'm like Mary Lou and I have some lights in the- to the people. Um, I've never given a testimony in in a group, so it's difficult for me. I'm real good on -on one-on-one. So just give me grace. (laughs) I was, uh, when I was eight years old, actually when I was, okay, we'll start. When I was a baby, I was abused. I know this because There were things that I I would do as a baby, and uh, I asked my mom about it, why every time she would take me somewhere to relatives' homes, I cried from the time I left the house until the time I got back home, and uh, they just thought I was a fussy baby, everybody did, but after the Holy Spirit began to minister to me a couple of years ago, he showed me the time that I was abused. There were... there were more abuses um, as I grew up. And my dad, when I was a week away from 10, my dad was murdered. And uh, he was my best friend. My, um, I was a very sensitive child. And I was a middle child and three girls. So um, my mom used to tell me uh, she would be mean to me. Not abusive, but just stern. And her... her um, her reason for doing that was because she said the world would not be very nice to me and that I would need to get tough so that I could make it in this world. And um, my dad was my best friend. He would just take me and hold me in his lap and tell her to leave me alone, that I was okay and I would grow up all right. So when he was murdered, um, I lost my dad and my best friend. Uh, As a girl in school, I always um, admired people who had dads in a way, and angry, too, that they had dads, and I didn't. So um, my mom grieved excessive, like years, and it came into some... I didn't realize it at the time, but it brought in a lot of demonic activity into my life and my, my my sister's lives. Um, we lived pretty much alone because she began to work two jobs and was never home, so we were at our, we just did whatever. And I always wondered where all of these divin, different demonic activities started because I wondered who taught them to us. But now that I know about demonic activity and open doors, I know that the, that the enemy did that. Uh, it, it didn't have to be any one specific person. He saw an opportunity, and he took it. And he took us into some strange things. Um, when I was 17, 16, I married uh, the only man I ever loved, and um, he was also sixteen. When seventeen, I had my my son. We had a very tumultuous marriage. I mean, we were chi- children trying to raise a child, and so my descent into the deepest darkest hideous hole that i could ever imagine began trying to raise my son and uh, having my husband was an alcoholic i didn't know it at the time but i just thought he was partying and drinking and running around a lot but we came to a time that i was desperate and uh, a stranger took me to church and uh, when they uh, and i was 22 And when they said, does anybody here want to know Jesus? Well, I wanted to know Jesus with all my heart. With my little boy sitting beside me, I just cried and cried and cried. Felt like I was the only one in the room. Um, But I didn't know how to pray. We had been raised as Catholics, and I knew all of the Hail Marys and the act of contrition and all those different things, even went to all the Catholic things and never really knew about Jesus or God. Or that you could actually pray to him. <clears throat> so when the my friend asked me if I wanted to get saved, I said, What's that? Saved. And she, she said, Ask Jesus in your heart. And I couldn't I couldn't speak. And uh, so I cried. And then when everyone had left, she asked if she could bring the pastor over and and he came over and he asked me if I wanted Jesus and I said yes. Um, he <clears throat> asked me to pray, and I said I didn't know how, which I didn't. I just felt hopeless. And uh, he just said, close your eyes. And so when I closed my eyes, I saw a picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking because that was a picture that my grandmother had in my childhood. So I saw that picture, and he said, Did you see, do you see Jesus? And I said, yes. And he said, open the door. He said, it doesn't matter the words that you say. It just, he knows your heart. So all I said was, come in, my two words of salvation, come in. And when he came in, he flooded my soul, and he he gave me a word. He gave me a, a love for the word of God. My friend that took me home, she just kept looking. Actually, she wasn't a friend. She was just a stranger. She just kept looking at me to see if something was different. And I just... I didn't know what saved was or how you're supposed to act. So, so I said, yeah, okay. She said, well, just go in there and read your Bible and you know, get to know Jesus. I said, okay. She, with a weird look, and she gave me her Bible because I didn't have one. So I got in there, read the Word and read the Word and read the Word, and it was food and it was food and it was nourishment, and it was just all that I, I needed all my life. It was, it was amazing. And God He is, he has turned my mourning into dancing, and he has given me the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. I didn't know that all of my childhood and all of my young adulthood and my early married life, I was in such deep darkness and heaviness until I saw Jesus set me free. And then I realized I've been under this dark cloud and this shadow I didn't even have a voice. I met David through my first husband because they were in drag racing together. And uh, he remembers I couldn't even speak. I just couldn't speak. I never spoke. I was very quiet. I was very popular in school, but I never spoke. And I didn't know that. Why I didn't have a voice was because I was trying to hide from the time I was an infant. So now that the Lord has given me a voice, and given me an awesome, amazing husband. The first one passed away in 98. We we're married 17 years. I led him to the Lord. He, he met the Lord in January, and that year in July he passed. And uh, so I've seen many uh, friends, very close friends, that I've even ushered them into the kingdom. So what the enemy meant for, God, for harm for my life, was death, destruction, no voice. God has turned it into amazing joy and amazing ability to to worship him and given and he is my father. I always called him father, but one of my friends used to call him daddy and I was so jealous cuz how can she call him daddy? I didn't know him as a daddy cuz I didn't really know a daddy. And I asked the Lord, I want to know you as daddy. I want to say daddy when I'm in worship, when I'm praising, and when I'm praying to you. I want you to be my daddy. And he did it. I mean, without my knowledge, I went, next time I began to worship and praise him, I began to say daddy, 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 daddy. And it was such a breakthrough. So he's, he has broken down every wall. And everything that was meant for my destruction, God has turned it into good. So he has given me the joy, the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. And he's given me dancing for all of the mourning in Jesus' name. Now here is what I am today. A daughter of the king, of kings, and a worshiper. And I praise God for that.
5: You crush the enemy underneath my feet You are my sword and shield Though troubles linger still Whom shall
3: Please welcome our worship dance team and we just invite you guys to worship with them.
6: y'all are so cute thank you i have a question who came the furthest who came the furthest how do you know you came the furthest okay you win (laughs) Ed McMahon has a prize for you. (laughs) Okay. Everybody got a purse? Okay. Well, steal someone's really quick if you don't. Are you ready? I want to know who has more than three pins in their purse. Okay. Stand up if you have three pins or more in your purse. They must be with you. Not in your diaper bag in the nursery. Yeah, it is. Okay, who has four? If you have four, keep standing. If you don't, sit down. Who has five? Okay. I'm going to call hoarders after this. Okay, how many are left standing? Oh, my goodness. Y'all may just want to give it to her. Okay, who has more than six? Seven? Is there one person left standing? You need to see me afterwards. I got a prize for you. Are we ready? Or am I going to keep entertaining? Keep keep entertaining? Oh, we're ready to start. I have more prizes to give away, don't worry.
3: Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the blind say I can see. It's what the what the Okay, it is time for a potty break, and hurry back in here. We're going to have some games, and I also want to make an announcement that our next testimony is going to be graphic, and anybody uh, 16 or younger, we advise you not to be in here for it, okay? Okay, hurry up.
5: Just okay.
6: No, I don't need them. But yeah. But I'm going to have them come up to you to get their fries. Oh, yeah. uh,
3: okay. Yeah.
6: We're about to start the games. Let the games begin. preschooler thing comes out in me, I'm like, It's my party, I can play if I want to. Okay, y'all, this may very well be the hardest game you could ever play as a woman. We're gonna pass around this little red bucket, and you get to pick one piece of paper. You do not get to look at it. Hold it tightly in your hand until I tell you. Yeah, hold on. You are not allowed to look at the paper till I tell you. Number one. Number two. There will be no words spoken at all during this game. All you're going to be able to do after I tell you when you can look at the paper is what I tell you to do. Okay, while we're passing around the papers, and y'all can dig deep, take whatever you want, don't look. I have eyes in the back of my head. I always tell parents when I'm counseling parents, I'm like, you just you always need to tell your kids. Somebody's going to laugh in here because they've already heard it. But um, you need to tell your kids that you always know what they're doing. You just don't always address them. Yeah. I do give you mercy and grace. You can just pretend it's every time I don't address you about something. So I'm watching. I'm watching. Okay, until that while we're doing that, who has more than 5 children? If you have more than 5 children, stand up. Come on, girl. Okay, who has 6 children? 7? If you have more If you have more than 7 children, remain standing. No, they've got to be natural. Good golly, Miss Molly. You have more than? No, just you? Please come up here. We would like to meet this (laughs) sister, and we would like to do this.
3: (laughs) Tell us who you are. I'm Adrienne Pena and I have nine children, all biological. Our oldest is 22 and married this year. She'll be married in April. We're excited. And our youngest is two years old. Six boys, three girls. Oh
6: goodness.
3: And somebody said you homeschooled. Yeah, we
6: homeschool them all. Yeah. yeah. No, there
3: it's there. (laughs) (laughs) Look closely.
6: (laughs) Yeah. And I still smile. Wow! Y'all extend your hands to our... Extend your hand, Adrian, right? Yes. Father, we just thank you that you gave Adrian so many babies. So many babies to take care of. That you trusted her and entrusted her with these amazing, amazing gifts. We just um, thank you for, for what amazing mommy she is. What an amazing mommy we all are. And I just thank you um, for endurance for this mama. Blessings. Amen.
5: And you get a prize.
6: Oh. There you go. Honey, you deserve all of them, but that's all I can do. Okay. How close are we? Oh, y'all just want me to give away more prizes while we're doing this. Excuse me? Really?
2: Oh, yes, yes, I forgot. I forgot. Happy birthday.
6: Would you stand up and help that? Because we need to sing Teresa happy birthday. You... You get to be bossed at the moment, and not only do you do you you have to obey me. Do I, get, do I get to get a chair? No. No. You have to do this while we sing "Happy Birthday." Okay. You have to. Y'all ready? Okay. Ready, set, go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Teresa. Happy birthday to you. Sweetest thing that God would do this, give her this vision and this take place on her birthday? I'm
2: 28. Woohoo! Me too! What a coincidence! <laughs> Two more years
3: away from my
6: Your peak? We do not peak at 30, sister. We peak at 50 or 60. <laughs> Y'all are the slowest bucket. Passing, picking pe- pieces of paper, people out I've ever seen. Hallelujah! Are we almost done? Okay, I do want you to be honest. Has anybody looked at their paper? The Lord is watching. Okay. On the count of three, don't you dare. I see you, Jay. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, Jay works with the kids, so she's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody's got one. Here are the rules. Do not open your paper yet. Remember, you're not going to speak one word. All you are allowed to do don't open it till I tell you, is make a noise, hold on, and find your friends. Open your paper now. You better get up and start going. You all have to be in one group. You better find each other. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on that farm he had some cows, E-I-E-I-O,
2: with a moo-moo here and a
6: moo-moo there, here a moo, there a moo, everywhere's a moo-moo. Old MacDonald had a farm, Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on that farm he had a pig, E-I-E-I-O, with a (coughs) here and a (coughs) there, here, there, everywhere. (coughs) Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. Did I mention there's a prize for the first group that gets all your people together? Where are you people? I see. You got to get separated better than that. Oh, my lanta. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it. Let me just tell you, I don't know who y'all are. Whoa! Are y'all the dogs?
2: Whoa! 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 Whoa!
6: Make your noise, dogs. Make your noise, pigs. Make your noise, cows. on. I got cows here and there? Somebody doesn't know what animal they are. Are you my mother? Have y'all heard that book? Okay, who did not make their noise? Cats. Make it. Actually, actually, it really was the cats. It's annoying! Okay, cats, you win! You're gonna cash in your prizes, though, afterwards. So hold on to your tag, because if you don't have your tag, you don't get a prize.
5: Dogs roll,
6: dogs roll, cats drool. y'all we probably really do have a schedule to stay on so if you'll just keep your little if you'll keep your little get your little tushes in your seat really quick and I am going to remind you again that my testimony is graphic and that anybody that um can't I don't want anybody under 16 for sure and if you're a mother of somebody in the room that's 16 you may want to consider that as well Okay, Um, I actually just got word that we're going to, um, is this being streamlined to him? We're going to pray for Jeff. Jeff is not watching right now. Okay, Misha. Misha's going to come up and pray and then I'm going to give my testimony.
0: Uh, Jeff is not watching right now, but we just prayed for him on the telephone. And uh, all the the treatment that he's had so far, he's never been nauseous or sick or anything, but they gave him heavy duty doses right before the transplant. So he's very nauseous and he's battling some stomach issues. He's down a little bit in his spirit. So we're going to pray. We've already agreed, right? Because he's healed. And the cancer is in submission to the name of Jesus. So we're not praying that he's going to be healed. We're still agreeing on the word from the first prayer that went out that he's healed in Jesus' name. Mm. Father, in the name of Jesus, we magnify and we lift up the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you today for the privilege of intercessory prayer that we can stand as warriors around the wall, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, in the name of Jesus, that sickness and disease has to bow to the name of Jesus. That unnatural bone marrow and bully cells have to bow to the name of Jesus. And Father, we stand on your word. And Lord, today we we speak strength and healing into Jeff's. Spirit, in the name of Jesus, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
7: Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of fear right now over Jeff and his family. I say, you have no place here in the name of Jesus. I come against nausea. I come against every ungodly, unholy, ungodly reaction to this medicine right now in the name of Jesus. And I say right now in the name of Jesus that the blood of Jesus flows through his veins right now in the blood of Jesus. And everything that is not needed by his body would be excreted right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are the King of kings, the healer of healers, the great physician. And that it will not stand against your child, Jeff, right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask you to fill the void, Lord, with your peace, your joy. Father, that they will know that they know that this man belongs to you, Lord, that this man is a child of the Most High God and right now with these women in agreement with your word Lord we build a hedge around him right now in the name of Jesus and we draw our sword which is the word of the Lord and we stand between him and the enemy and we say no more, no more in the name of Jesus Father we thank you that your word is true and as we pray these words from our lips Lord we know that
2: it is already done
7: and we pull your answer down from heaven in the name of Jesus.
0: And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that it is done in Jesus' mighty name in the name of Jesus, Father, we lift up Hayden, and we lift up Liam, and we lift up Kristen in the name of Jesus, Father, and we stand against the spirit of heaviness and depression that would come against their minds in Jesus' mighty name, and Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for their blessing of their marriage, and Father, for their anniversary that they missed because of, of torment, God, we call back, we call back the happiness and the years, Lord, that have been wasted in Jesus' mighty name, and Father, in the name of Jesus, strengthen them in their immune system, and Father, let them know that they. We are bound together in your love in Jesus name. Yes.
6: I was barely 19 when I woke up and found myself in the bed of a man I had gone home with the night before from a bar. He was cute, gentle, sweet, and mature. He was 26, and I fell quickly for what I thought was love. I was scheduled to leave for Ohio for the summer to comfort my aunt and my cousins as they were going through a very, very nasty divorce. After only two and a half weeks of a whirlwind romance, I unwillingly left the new man of my dreams. We both said we'd keep in contact, and it would be a good test of our love. And after all, I would be home soon. I called every day, several times a day, And I wrote many letters and cards professing my love. I never heard back from them. It wasn't abnormal for me to have irregular periods. And frankly, I was so depressed and angry with all that was going on around me with my aunt and my cousins. And inside me, that the last thing that I was thinking about was starting my period. I returned home depressed and angry, angry at myself and angry at this man who had taken complete advantage of a 19-year-old girl and even angrier at myself for thinking that anything good could have come from going home with a man from a bar. It was at this time that I started to think it was getting, I was going a little too long without a period. I bought a pregnancy test, and the results were as I feared. I went to a doctor to confirm my nightmare and was told that I was approximately three months along. It was at this time that all my dreams of marrying a great man living in that white picket fence, having two children and a cute puppy came to a screeching halt. There is a time frame in which they say you can safely have an abortion, and mine was quickly nearing the end. At three and a half months, my father drove me to the abortion clinic and my mistake was to be erased just like a magic act. No physical evidence, no pregnancy. I did marry a great guy, and we began our lives. And I had always dreamt of having twins all my life. My mom was a twin. That's probably where I got it from when I was really young. And I played with baby dolls I had deeply desired to have a boy and a girl. I had it all worked out in my mind. We had our first child about a year and a half into our marriage. I was due for a night out on the town, so I went to a Mary Kay party with some friends. Not only did that lady give me a facial, she led this little Jewish girl to the Lord. And my life was changed forever. We had two more children, and we lived life. I was so disappointed that I had not given birth to twins. I cried out to God, and I asked him, Why? Why couldn't he just give me this one thing, just one thing that I wanted? So badly. What I heard next would be the first time I had ever heard the Lord speak to me. He said, He had given me twins and I killed them. I was mortified. I contacted a sweet friend that I had met at the church and she led me to a program where I could get some help for the demons I faced that were still inside of me that I blamed on everyone else but myself. I begrudgingly allowed God to speak to me about how he really felt about aborting life that he created. I was a murderer. There was no difference between me and someone that had shot, stabbed, poisoned, or any other form of taking life. I was taken back to the day of my abortion. And this is what God reminded me was my reality of that day. I was led into a room with several other girls and women. And we were all waiting our turns in these little hospital gowns. It was freezing in that room. When they called my name, I was led into a small room that had a table and a large machine. It was noisy in there, and I was scared to death. I wanted to back out so badly, but my dad was waiting for me in the waiting room, and he had paid a lot of money to do what I had begged him to allow me to do. I couldn't change my mind now. Besides, I saw people walking out after their deed was done. They looked just fine. I laid there on that cold metal table, and I willingly allowed myself to be violated by strangers. My legs were manipulated, and a vacuum was shoved inside of my vagina to suck out that precious lives, those precious lives that God had implanted into my innermost part.